Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, guys. No, hey, just relax. All I want is a burger and a beer if you get one. How am I going to pay? Honestly, hmm. it is better to give. Oh, it's a Rolex. Una cerveza, por favor. Ah. You want a slice? Gracias, señor. Buenos dias, señor. Oh, no. Thank you. I think I'm going to be sick. Oh, oh God. Oh. This is fantastic. You guys got to try this. Oh, my. Just don't ask where the meat comes from. <clears throat> Hopsley, what's that supposed to mean? Do you see any cows around here, detective? Okay, yes, that's the carne. Esta carne es de rata. This is a rapper. Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you aboard. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in. It's an exciting night here. It's post-Thanksgiving. We're doing a Friday show. It's a little different than usual, but, you know, holidays and whatnot, things happen in society, and we're glad to have you here for the Cinema Night Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, can I introduce you to my dear co-host, longtime friends of mine, and outstanding podcasters in their own right, Travis Roy, Eric Brasher. Travis, how is it going in Brighton tonight? Uh, I'm coming to you live from Brighton, Michigan. I am sitting in my home. I'm petting my dog. I'm talking to you through a new laptop purchased uh, f- through, uh, you know, through Black Friday. I-, I hung out in this parking lot for a half an hour. Don't someone came out and like stuffed it with my window like it was a drug deal. It was cool. So it's like, hey, <laughs> is that true? You is that did. Is true? Have you ever stood in line for a Black Friday deal? Fuck no. And I had no intention of doing it today. I actually like was going to like pick it up on Monday, but then like there was this whole thing where it was like out of stock. And then they sent me the thing today saying, oh, we got it in. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to deal with any. I wasn't even going to leave the house today, but um, I'm like, I'm not going to risk it getting given to someone else or something. So I went and hung out in a parking lot and listened to the new Chris Stapleton album for a little bit. And there we go. Hey, all right. Well, hey, we appreciate you making this purchase, uh, not only for your own life, but to improve your podcasting abilities as well. So it can only help the podcast ladies and gentlemen brand new laptop it's all about the pod. About, i live for the pod it is 
Yeah, this is all that matters. Uh, Matt Williams chiming in. He loves Demolition Man. He's really excited. It's good to see you, Matt. Uh, pleasure to have you aboard, as always. We're going to be well. We'll be very well. Be well, Eric Branstrom. How are you doing in Griffith, Indiana? You smelling that Yankee candle over there? Mellow greetings, gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I want to thank our listeners for supporting us for our nearly 34 episodes. we come a long way, baby. We love you. We owe you everything. and We are here for you. So let's talk movies. Wow. Okay. Very impressive. Well, we are we're going to talk about Demolition Man, a shoot 'em up thriller from 1993. Action packed, a lot of violence. Uh, some blood. Is there blood in this movie? Big body count. I think 72 dead. <laughs> really? I'm like, I, I'm like, have to think about it because there's not really a lot of blood, but there's a lot of dead people now that you mention it. Well, if you count all the cryo prisoners that don't make it, are they dead? Uh- <laughs> Mostly it's just the pacifists that are uh, uh, like uh, not not the pacifists, but like the Morlocks that are underground. Thanks to John Spartan coming like he ends up like having like 10, like 20 of them killed. Well, also, when when Simon Phoenix shows up and all the the gentle Eloy is also like, hey, how are you doing today? Oh, you're shooting me in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about Demolition Man momentarily. Of course, we got to give you our quarantine viewing picks every week. We come at you. Special edition, uncensored. Travis Roy, it's post-Thanksgiving. It's Friday night. What have you been watching? Well, Mike, I've been I've been watching some movies. Um, I, I, I did watch some Thanksgiving Fair last night. I watched Thanks Killing from 2009. The tagline is gobble, gobble, gobble motherfucker. motherfucker. It lived up to exactly what I wanted it to be. There's many sequels. I now know what I'll watch like every Thanksgiving for the next two or three years. So that was cool. Um, I revisited short, uh, short circuit from 1986, which I, you know, I'd seen, I grew up on short circuit Two. I watched short circuit, short circuit Two a million times. I can like probably recite that movie to you. Um, and I, of course had seen short circuit one, but like it'd been many, many years. And I, I revisited that and I still feel like the sequel is superior. One of those rare occasions. Um, I stand by that. Uh, I watched I, Tanya. Which uh, is is a weird biography, you know. There's some strong performances in it, but but um, I don't, it didn't quite, you know, grab me. Uh, Eric, I watched Tesla, and uh, you know when it started, I'm like, holy shit, the casting in this movie is incredible. I mean, Kyle MacLachlan as Edison, like perfect casting. Right. We get to the ice cream scene later, no spoilers, but like I'm like, this is interesting. This is interesting. I turned this movie off with 11 minutes left to go. Oh. I've wow. never, I've never turned off a movie that late in the game before. But by the time I got to the Tears for Fears scene, which again, no spoilers, but some, some contemporary music going on there, I was like, "What, what is this happy horse shit? Why am I, why am I still?" I'm, I was just like dutifully trying to finish it. I'm just like, "Okay, I'm done." Was um, there any Creed on the soundtrack? You know, it would have improved the movie. <laughs> no, no, there was no Creed. I love Tears for Fears. I love Tears for Fears, but. Um, no, of course, no, who doesn't love no Tears for Fears? If right. you don't like Tears for Fears, you don't belong on this podcast. <laughs> Everybody out. Um, I watched uh, I watched this movie called 99 Homes from 2014. You guys ever hear yeah. this movie? Awesome. This movie. was really good. I had not heard a thing about it. Michael Shannon stars as like this kind of ruthless, but you kind of sympathize. He's just a businessman in a way. Um, person that kicks people out of their homes and like you know or like turns those homes over and, and makes the money from them. and uh andrew garfield plays a, a young man like a father who lives with uh, his mother and it's like a three generation thing it's the house he grew up and he gets kicked out of it and he, he can't find by michael shannon can't find work and he goes to work for michael shannon michael shannon starts making him rich and it's just like one of these uh one of these movies and, it's, and like i was kind of like you know there's moments where i'm like 
did they skip a scene? Why am I confused right now? Um, so I thought it was kind of like there's some editing issues, but overall, like, man, like the impact by the end of this movie is it's a powerful film and it really should get more respect uh, or notice. I mean, I, I really had not heard a thing about it. And the last one, the one I'm going to recommend the most, um, I watched this movie last night that because I'd heard some Oscar buzz built around it. You know, I'm not a huge documentary guy, but I, I do like animals. Uh, last night, I, I know I, where this is going. I, I saw wept my post. way. Yeah, I, I wept my way through my octopus teacher last night. Um, it's you know, th- like it starts and I'm like, this is it's got some melodrama to it. You know, there's some, there's a lot of slow mo going on. Um, but it is a it's a powerful film experience like i would strongly recommend it to anybody like it's it's a really powerful movie like it's really i don't want to just like give it away but i mean like uh you'll you'll feel differently about nature after you watch this movie and that's that's one of the one of the most amazing things about nature documentaries that you know they can do is i mean i think there's an argument that can be made that like you know we don't access nature if we don't care about it because we end up like watching nature through screens instead or something. There's, you know, I can, I, I've heard that kind of argument, but this, this movie is really something special and, and uh, I really recommend it. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I can respect that. I love animals. I love nature. So maybe I'll give it a chance someday. Someday. All right. Eric Branstrom, what have you been watching over there? I mean, it's Thanksgiving. You got any Thanksgiving movies on tap? Dude, I watched Christmas Chronicles 2 with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Uh, I loved it. I'm an unabashed, unironic fan of this series. They're generally well-made, cozy, have great messages for kids. I want one every year. I don't care what anyone says. I'm a fan. Part two, just as good as the original. I'm looking forward to it. I was waiting for today before I watch any Christmas movies. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch The Happiest Season. I'm going to watch all that shit. now. Jingle, jangle. Bring it on. I don't give a fuck. Uh, (laughs) Uh... Kramer versus Kramer. I've been taking a look oh, at it like boy. three years. Still a fantastic character character study, gorgeously written and acted. There's this scene where Dustin Hoffman, after he's been taking care of his son on his own for like a year or so, um, and his wife comes back into the picture and wants uh, all of a sudden she wants custody, and they just quietly cut to Dustin Hoffman cradling his son while he's sleeping. There's no dialogue. I'm getting choked up. But it's just this Pieta, this this sweet scene that lasts like a minute, and he's just cradling his son, and you can see how much he's changed and how the thought of him being taken away from him at this point is just crippling. Remarkable storytelling. I was a fucking mess. The pillow was soaked with emotion. So Kramer versus Kramer definitely holds up. Uh, after that, it was documentary so fest over here. It was it was, it was I watched like eight documentaries. There's a documentary about Pauline Kale, like the most celebrated film critic of all time, probably the most subjective, like subjective as well. She could not have cared less about just like treating so-called like important films as uh, like sacrosanct. Like she called Shoa, like the nine part documentary, quote unquote, boring and didn't care about the backlash she got about it. So. You know, it was a well-made movie, fun to watch, and it posed, like, the question about where the lines of commerce and art become blurred. I recommend it, Amazon Prime. Belushi, the biopic on Showtime, I checked it out. It's one of those, like, Wikipedia movies, no energy, lacks any type of, like, uh, profundity or, like, regarding self-destruction or drug addiction. I was disappointed. It was like a paint-by-numbers bi- uh, um, biography. 
my friend, if you if you if you want to uh, sink your teeth into John Belushi, have you, have you ever read uh, Wired? I, By, uh, yeah, Bob Woodward. Yeah, yeah Bob Woodward. Fucking Ooh. awesome. Terrible so film. Good. Even with Michael Chiklis doing his best, but the film oh, wasn't I there. I didn't even know there was a movie. Yeah, I, yeah. There's a movie that got lambasted, yeah. but that what a fucking biography. Oh, the book is book. amazing. Top recommendation of the week, gentlemen, is the Gordon Lightfoot, if you could read my mind, documentary. It's on yeah. Amazon Prime. Beautiful, tender portrait of an intensely talented poet. Maybe culturally not as uh, celebrated here in America, but, you know, Canadians fucking love him. Told Gordon densely. Gold. Incredible footage, truly emotional moments, beautiful storytelling, great documentary. I can't wait to watch it. I am, it's top of my list. It moved up my list as soon as you told me about it. I can't wait. I'm so, so excited. So I good. can't wait. Hey, Derek Fern loves Die Hard, everybody. Cool. Hi, Derek. All right. Um, so this week, I wanted to get the record straight. I told these guys the other day, I don't keep a list of all the films I watch, and I've been trying to do it by heart. And then I start the show, and I get so fired up. Somebody says something, and I just kind of <laughs> lose. It happens. It, you know, if you've ever done a live show, you know. It just it happens. So this time, I followed Travis's rules, just like Travis keeps a nice list. It's very impressive. This list goes way back, by the way. Yeah. I was quite impressed by that. So let's catch up on a few. When Chad was on the show, I forgot to mention this. I watched this movie called Edge of Darkness. Has anyone ever seen this? Is this Mel a Mel Gibson. Gibson picture? Yeah. I turned it off. Oh, you turned it off? I turned it off. Okay. All right. Well, Brian Helgeland. <laughs> what, did, what did you yeah. think, Mike? Because it got it got uh, pretty monotonous for me. Did you like it? I thought it did get a bit monotonous. It was like comeback Will, uh, Gibson 2010. Yeah. And it, it was kind of like Conspiracy Theory 2. <laughs> I mean, he was great. Like, I, I stayed yeah, only great. because he's so just mesmerizing as an actor. You can't take your eyes off him. But after a while, I, was, I had to shut it down. I was like, where are we going I, with the story? I don't blame you for that. I really don't. Uh, otherwise, yeah. So I also watched He Won't Get Far on Foot. Oh, fuck yes. Finally watched that. Gus Van Zandt. Uh, Rooney Mara. Uh, yep, Jonah Mara. Hill. Jonah Hill. Great. Jonah Hill's outstanding in this uh, movie. Kim Gordon. Yes, Sonic Youth, yeah. Uh, Jack Black yeah. in a terrible, a gut-wrenching scene from Jack Black, by the way. I won't spoil anything, but boy, Jack Black made me cry. <laughs> I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, really good film. Uh, I saw Grumpier Old Men. That movie's dumb, Travis. That movie's <laughs> so dumb. Stuff. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I didn't say it was like, you know. I mean, the, the first one, objectively a great movie. Uh, the, the, the second one, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, grumpy. you have They're to love the first one and maybe and maybe grow up on it to really revere it. Were they yeah. even grumpier or was it just like like that just uh, no, arbitrary a, title? They, uh, I don't, they were they were actually less grumpy because they were fr more friends in this one. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, but like, say. I don't know how that translates into like a sequel, like grumpy, less, gr less grumpy men. Like it doesn't doesn't <laughs> doesn't work. How does Sophia yeah. Loren look like at like 70, uh, Michael? Right. Quite attractive, beautiful woman. Always will yeah. be. Uh, Mr. Skin uh, checking in. Uh, no, no, nothing there. Uh, uh, actually, Jack Lemon looked really good. I thought Walter Matthau looked kind of old. Oh, Mr. Skin checking in. Oh, you know it. Uh, that would be Mrs. Skin or Ms. Skin. I don't know how that works. Uh, Ms. Skin. Uh, I, guys, if you've never seen it, I finally saw Captain Phillips. God damn it, this movie is fantastic. Right, so good. It is so good. Amazing. I can't believe it. I thought it was gonna be a paint by number, like hey, uh, you know. <laughs> Like Derek says, like a docudrama paint by numbers. It wasn't. Well, no, Paul Greengrass, I mean, really that guy knows how to fucking tell a story. I mean, he puts you right in the captain's chair, literally. 
He oh, wow. Wow. Uh, Tom, there's one scene Tom Hanks does. I have never seen this done on film almost, really. And I didn't know he had it in him still. I thought he kind of was like, yeah, I'm kind of mailing it in late career. I'm just doing bo- like history, historic dramas. And no, he's, he's still doing good stuff. No, he, no, he, but he has it still. At least in 2013, he did. It was, in, wow, I was amazed. I was amazed. Uh, that was really good. I saw Beautiful Boy. Uh, this isn't fun. It's not a fun film to watch. Uh, Steve Carell, uh, Timothy Shallot. Yeah. It's tough. It's about, drug addiction but it is one of the most honest portrayals i've ever seen in a drama in recent memory it's 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 really good it's not fun but if you have any history with it and you, you know anything about it you'd be like wow they finally did it right this is really well done so kudos to them on that i went back and watched straight out of compton because i hadn't watched it since i saw it in the theater and it was actually a little better i remember ripping it when i saw it in the theater it's it like a it was a wikipedia article movie essentially like, oh, here's this, and here's this, and here's this. But I kind of enjoyed it on the second watch, which is odd. I, I liked know. it on the first. I thought, I, I, no, I really liked it. I don't know what everyone's what's issue is. I mean, I thought they told the story honestly, uh, like Paul Giamatti. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Ice Cube's son. Terrific fucking job right out of the gate. O'Shea I, Jackson. O'Shea. I, I never caught it. Just not really. Just never really been a fan. So just- it's casted well, but. In terms of like playing it out, it's like okay, yep, that I remember that. Yep, I remember seventh grade. Yep, I remember eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Guy played Easy E was really fucking good. I I haven't really seen him since. Yeah, all oh, the casting is great, no doubt about it. And uh, we were talking, we were talking about, I, we were talking about Brie Olson in our chat in our private text thread. We we're talking about Brie Olson this week, and so I went and watched. I, beautiful woman. I, I watched Captain Marvel for the first time. I really liked it. I thought it was outstanding. I Fantastic. really did. It's not paint by numbers, Derek. Yeah, go on. What else did you like about it, Mike? Because I'll set this one out. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, obviously, but Travis, you agree with me on this. I like the way that, first off, Ben Mendelsohn wasn't who you thought he was. And yeah. it, it's not what you think it is. So it's not paint by numbers. They switch I, it around, and she doesn't I mean, know what's really going on. And- yeah, you don't know what's happening as the movie begins. Like, it's not like, hey, here's an origin. Like you're like what what is happening? You have to like kind of like figure the movie out as it goes along. There's plenty of nostalgia there, but it doesn't lean on the nostalgia. And yeah. I find her arc like emotionally moving when she gets up. That scene whenever it shows her get up and all those different moments in her life. Right now, looking at him, goosebumps. Just thinking about it. I wish I would have seen it in succession when oh, I before, saw it in uh, theaters. I was like real close. It was great. Yeah, I, I think we were Open living day. together and we probably weren't talking much. I remember when it came out. So. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the yeah, people let's... about that diamond friendship. Yeah. That was good. Hey, we're still friends. All right. All right. So Short Term 12 is a beautiful movie, by the way. Great movie. Uh, Pre-Oscar, Rami Malek. Uh, it's just really good. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, one of his first roles. Great uh, actor. That. Pa- yeah, you do. You would love it. Uh, I watched the Vacation, not remake. It's a continuation. The 2015 Ed yeah, Helms Vacation. I love it. It's fucking hilarious. I loved it, dude. Yes! <laughs> I thought it was so funny, and I was so disappointed that everyone just fucking hated on it because I thought it was so funny. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. Uh, it's directed by John Francis Daly, who I love. I like the work he does, Freaks and Geeks and all that stuff. And... It's written by Lord Miller, right? Is it? I'm pretty I sure. Thought they, I thought they wrote and directed it, but it's a two. They did oh, a double I'm, team direction. Oh, maybe I just got him confused because it's a double team thing. Never mind. I know John Francis Daly. I didn't know the other guy's name, but you could double check on that. Anyways, yeah, no, I, I know Eric. Sure. I know it's sacrilege. I love vacation. We grew up on vacation. It's legendary. It is. I've quoted it my whole life, but this was a continuation. It was not a remake. And they actually make fun of themselves about it in the movie, which is just 
That's the best. It's meta. So I would, if you skipped it in 2015, go back. Christina Applegate, Ed Helms, good times. Uh, they, they, I'm sorry. They wrote uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. That's where I got him. It wasn't, oh, is that um, what they wrote? Yeah, okay. yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, did, I forgot about that. So anyway, yeah. And also uh, Chris Hemsworth with the great little like co-starring roles. Very funny. Uh, and then lastly, I tried to watch Inherent Vice again since I oh, left geez. the theater with like 10 minutes to go. Oh, what yeah. a I couldn't get through it. Why? I turned it off after 15 minutes. Yeah, I blame it. It's awful. It just made me feel like shit. Why is it so bad? I mean, like, is it the feelings I have that are associated with it? No, it's boring. It's It's boring. Boring. It's boring. That's the crime that this movie commits. I mean, it's fucking dull as shit. I don't care how well shot it is and how many great actors you pack in that movie. If there's just nothing happening. You know, really? It's like Martin Short, I love you. The scene is hilarious, but like, what is it? What function does it serve? What is happening? No, no, I'll never give it another chance. Fuck that movie. I I, uh, completely agree with you. That's a good call. Oh, by the way, I I had to get a couple of these in because this is a couple week backlog. Uh, I watched Life as a House, hadn't watched it in a couple of years. I cried (laughs) a lot. (sighs) One of the greatest movies of all time. It doesn't get old, it hasn't faded in time. If anything, it makes it fine. Mary Steenburgen, a beautiful woman at any age. Still so gorgeous. Gosh, she's so beautiful. Um, Uh, Yeah, Kevin Klein. I mean, like you know, I'm a huge fan. But that movie, like, if I had to pick one Kevin Klein movie to watch for the rest of my life, he he won the SAG Award for it. Though, oh, 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 great! God bless. I I thought that was complete snub. No, he he won. won That's good enough. That's better than Oscar for me. His peers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he brought everything. Uh, physical act, you know, he lost weight. And he did everything for the part. It's it, fucking powerful. The older you get, the better it will just be. Trust me, that's my opinion. Uh, and then uh, I blew through all like the late Marvel movies. Like I said, I watched Captain Marvel. I watched Endgame since the first time I'd watched Endgame in the theater, and I liked it more than oh, I liked fuck. it when I was in the theater. Uh, not that great, anyways. I also watched Almost Heroes. Never seen that with Chris Farley. That was trash. I'd never seen it, and it was still trash. Uh, and then I watched a little bit of the. I got in a Kevin Klein mood, so I watched The Big Chill. I hadn't watched The Big Chill in about fifteen years, and hmm. I, yeah. I I like it. I like movies like that where like I friends come together. I can't help myself. I'm I sorry. It's time. You can like, rip the sound. Yeah, oh, go the ahead. soundtrack's great. I mean, no, you go oh, ahead. Yeah. It's your, it's your, it's, this is your moment. I mean, to interrupt. No, but what do you like about The Big Chill? I, I like the like sort of coy references to cocaine. Um, like, <laughs> they let you know it's cocaine, but they don't know if they really say the word cocaine. There's like one they time it's one. a big white brick. They say, <laughs> they say, it they say the word they one time. One. Yeah, because <laughs> she Glenn Close can't go to bed at night, and Clement right. Klein wants to go to sleep. That's the only time it's said. So. No, I, I like it. I like it because for one, it's like you get to see a lot of uh, really good actors early in their career in an ensemble piece, which that's fun in and of itself. Stupid cast. Yeah, just ridiculous. And also, I just, you know, I just like the feel of the movie. It's just a nice little, like, a hangout visit with some friends kind of movie. It's just got a good homey feel. You got to support, support our hometown boy, Larry Kazdan, U of M graduate. Yeah, it's yep. got U of M in it. It's fun. They watch a football game in Michigan. I like that, yep. too. Kevin Klein wears a uh, Michigan yeah. shirt. Yeah, he does. And, he does. and little short shorts. And they're in South Carolina. I used to live down there. So just all, I just connected things with it. And I connected the fact that I'm in that pocket now. They're, like, late 30s, 40 in that movie. So... I, it makes a little uh, sense. Yeah. I do. If I could slip in one more doc, Amit the Logic, yeah. Richard Pryor doc is on. Uh, I think oh, Showtime. It's, there's like there's a lot of Richard Pryor docs out there. This is the best one I've seen. It's called Amit the Logic. Oh, it's, shit. Yeah, it's it's really well made. Oh, okay, okay, I'll check that out. I love him so yeah. much. I'll write that down. I don't have Showtime though. Uh, I did. The I, can, I can I can, take you, I can hook you up. I think I can help you with that. All right. Uh, 
Okay. Oh, 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 yeah. I finally watched the Dolomite movie that Eddie Murphy did last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, fucking hilarious. Good. It was, it was oh. fun. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. What, what's it. this face, Eric? I, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I was laughing out loud the entire time. It's very... Wesley Snipes is hilarious in that. Wesley Snipes is great. Playing Derville Martin, he does a great job. Uh, Better but... or worse than Simon Phoenix? Nothing touches That's not fair. Nothing. That's not not fair. Even okay. Bobby Eric, look at the episode we're doing. Come on. <laughs> we're about to get to Demolition Man here, but yes. Can't wait. It's funny. It, it's funny, and my point was that it, sometimes you have to be alive and you have like more of a attachment like Dolomite was a 70s thing. And I feel like if I had lived it more because like you, if you get to see a lot of the stuff like redone from the first Dolomite movie and stuff and you're like, oh, OK, cool. And I'd never really seen it. I hadn't. So I, I didn't have as much of a connection with the material. I admit that freely. But it was funny. And Eddie Murphy and everybody did a great job. Craig Robinson, Mike Epps, everybody. It's a solid, solid film. It's solid. And it's a tribute to his brother who died, Charlie. So that's nice. Peace. Yeah, it meant a lot. Obviously meant a lot to them. So I like that. All right. Anyways, uh, check that out, if you will, if you didn't watch it already. And this is Cinnamon iPod. We are getting ready to settle in. Demolition Man, 1993, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, Armor Hot Dogs. I mean, there's just a lot of food in this movie. Like, if you know Mike Govier, then you know that him just saying Taco Bell and Pizza Hut randomly, like, generally, it just happens. It means nothing. (laughs) Like, it's apropos and nothing. But for once, him saying Taco Bell and Pizza Hut, it actually applies to the conversation we're going to (laughs) have. And the movie. And then, this is your moment, Mike Govier. This is it. This is it. It's all downhill from here. But, yes, Demolition Man, 1993, starring... I remember when you were a snot-nosed rookie pilot. They finally grounded me. Shit. You're a damn good fly. You are fined two credits for a violation of the <laughs> I'll be right back. Thanks a lot, you shit brain. You are fined John Scott. John Actually, he kind of goes downhill after this, but that's we'll talk about that more later. Uh, Wesley Snipes, who's outstanding uh, with the blonde hair. And uh, this is a fun film. So we're going to talk about Demolition Man from all angles. If you have watched the film, you can comment over here. If you're watching live, if you're listening to the podcast, send in an email. Send him pod at ProtonMail.com. And, of course, follow the show. If you haven't done that yet, follow us. We would love to connect with you on any social media platform. And last but not least. Five star rating on Apple Podcasts if you want to. You don't have to. I mean, what's the deal? We always ask, right? If you want to, ask. you know, you got the time. You know, no pressure. On. Yeah, easy going. All right, you're so vacation right now, you could do it. Let's go. <laughs> it could be, yeah, or you could be at home for eight months or nine months. All right, so let's go back in time. Twenty-seven years, nineteen ninety-three. <laughs> Travis Roy, you're right. You're, you're right into the zone here. You know, you're yeah. probably uh, hitting puberty. You know, and you're, oh, you're looking time. around. <laughs> You were a happy guy, happy-go-lucky, you know, lollipops <laughs> and sunshine. And um, <laughs> tell yeah, us, pretty, it pretty, you know, now that you're bringing all that up, like, yeah, it was a fairly bleak period of my life. But, I know. Well, yeah, rough, yeah, I'm glad you got through it. But this was right. a this was a bright and shining moment uh, in that year. Um, you know, I watched Time Cop last week, which I had not seen since, <laughs> since I was a kid, and uh, it paired kind of well with this one in a way, and also because it reminded me, um, both watching both of these movies reminded me that like. 
I don't know what the deal was at my dad's house, where I'm actually living at right now. Still, um, but he, you know, uh, statue. What's a, I don't, the, the statue of limitations must be up on this? But I'm guessing that he had some sort of rigged connection through a friend because we had like pay per view for free. And there was just like Time Cop and like Demolition Man, and uh, are two of the movies I remember being on pay per view. And like, so it's like a lot of people had HBO and stuff. But I didn't have HBO. We just had like the pay per view movies, but the channels, but they were free. So I just watched both those movies like over and over and over again. And and when they came out, I remember like I didn't own them, but like I exhausted, I exhausted Demolition Man when it came out. Wow, I remember that. Yeah, if you got a movie on pay per view, you could just watch it over and over again for like a period of time. And then they would cut it off, depending on what you where you Unless got. Unless you illegally rigged it and um, just right, free, well, that's free access all the time. You're yeah. I mean, I never saw Time Cop by the way, and Chad Gibbons. Actually, pretty good. Time Cop's not very good. But, oh, about you? Well, I, cannot, I cannot think. I'm sorry, but real quick, I cannot think of Joel Silver, the uh, producer of <laughs> Demolition Man, without <laughs> thinking of Ron Silver in Time Cop, like specifically oh! Ron Silver in Time Cop. My whole life, I've always like I hear like hear one, I think the other. I don't know what yeah. Joe Silver looks like. I assumed he looks like Ron Silver. Looks that's like all Ron I got to go on. So. He looks like Ron <laughs> Silver in Time Cop. That's what he looks like. <laughs> Eric Branch from yeah. 1993. Uh, we know that you got a little bit of a late start on certain films. Were you able to watch this back in 93 or did it yeah. come around later? You know what? I saw it in Brighton Cinema in the theater. And this is just one, like every time I'd go to the video store, I was, I was actually really into action movies like in the early 90s. Uh, I was like exclusively like action movie, last action hero. Uh, mm. I was a big hard target fan with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'd be interested in taking another look at that because it's what about to go? And I remember that being really good. Mark for Death, Out for Justice, Under Sea, yeah. Bring Them On. They're, they're, they're probably all pretty good movies. But every fucking single time I went to the video store and saw that cover box, Stallone, Snipes are facing each other down. I had to rent it when I was, you know, 12, 13, <laughs> rented it multiple times. Okay. Just over and over again, I'd sit there and watch it. So it's been 20 years. And like I said, this was a little out of bounds choice for me, but I thought we could have a little bit of fun with it. God damn. Am I glad we picked it? We, I am it's, your, it's your call, buddy. Yeah. Take the, take the credit. I did. Yeah. Beautiful choice. I, I can't remember. I don't think I saw this in the theater and I think kind of like Travis, hit hbo or whatever because we always had hbo we never had cinemax or anything else but we always had hbo for some reason and my mom had hbo in like 87 or something she always had hbo even if she was poor it's weird uh so hbo this movie hits it parties it's just non-stop we watch all the time we <laughs> my brothers would be like fighting it out you know but like doing karate shit and we yeah i saw this movie so many times we quoted it so often uh boy so many quotes from this film but that's how i remember it and it, it comes out at like such a sweet spot of a time october 93 it's in theaters we're in eighth grade in the fall and i mean we're just ready for this kind of stuff it's blending the stuff that we like like silly comedy fun action with like smart stuff and like you know good tech good special effects it's just it's this weird amalgam hits on all cylinders for me back then but did it a few days ago we'll see Oh boy! I didn't look up the IMDb score. We always check the scores. Actually, on this show. I'm looking at it right now. By pure coincidence, well, not coincidence, but I wanted to look up. I wanted to relook up the name of the director because I want to talk about Marco <laughs> Brambilla or Mar Marco Brambilla. I'm not really sure. Yeah, Marco Brambilla. I love his work. Yeah, is that a uh, oh, I want to talk about him. You but, real uh, his. Uh, you guys want to guess? Here, I'll, I'll yeah, play the mic roll. Um, Go ahead and guess. What's the uh, What's the IMDb score? I feel like this is. It can't be too beloved, uh, but it's going to be right around like a. It could be just under seven. I'm going to say a seven point one. Oh, right. Eric. Um, 
I'll say just under uh, seven. I'll say maybe 6.8. Eric, you win. It was 6.7. Ah, Bob Saget. I'm going to rank right. it right now, but I'm not telling you guys what I'm ranking. Oh, that would be a spoiler. That's good. We appreciate <laughs> that. All right. It's the Cinema Night Podcast. We're talking demolition, man. And of course, yes. on IMDb, we give you the score 6.7. You know, that's uh, 157,000 ratings. That's not bad. But then, what about Rotten Tomatoes? Now, this is good. 60% critic score. Just over the fresh count. Well, I don't, where is the cutoff on fresh? Is it less than 50 or 55? Uh, I think it's, like, I think it's less than 60. Isn't it less oh, than so 60? this is right on the brink. I'm not sure. 60% like critics. So 66% audience. Surprises me. Well, critics in 93, critics were not nice to Sly, no matter what he fucking put out. He's coming off Oscar. He's coming off Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. I think they dogged <laughs> it before they even saw it. Oscar was good. Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd, too. I don't like Judge Dredd. Yeah, 95, but yeah, I don't know. They, were, they weren't th- that happy. And this is a really talented, intelligent man, too, but I don't think they were happy with him in 93. Hmm, okay. Well, I'm surprised the audience score is so low, though, because, well, what do I know? Well, maybe oh, I'll learn more from you guys in your coordinates. No, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start with James Bernard Bernard and Nelly. Bernard and Nelly. Let's, let's start with George Bernard Shaw. George <laughs> Bernard Shaw said about Demolition Man. In the end, that's all this film is: flames, flying bullets, and special effects. It could be worse, I suppose. But as long as people go into this film with their eyes open, there shouldn't be any surprises. One and a half stars out of four. Harsh. Did they think it was gonna be like a like a people are gonna go and think it's like an ivory merchant production? Like, thank, <laughs> you. Merchant ivory production. thank you, like, like, thank you. Like, like, I think they know what they're walking into, but all you right, you go to McDonald's, you're not gonna get fine French cuisine. Well, Peter Travers said, Demolition Man is sleek and empty, as well as brutal and pointless. He's all over the map here, <laughs> <laughs> Peter. It, yeah, Jesus. what the hell? It feels like Peter. <laughs> It feels computer-engineered. Unt- this is when they used to say computer-engineered, apparently. Yeah. Untouched by human hands. A real pod movie. Huh. What? <sighs> State-of-the-art <laughs> review from Peter Travers. What does, does anyone like mean? this movie? What, what's a pod movie? Po- a pod movie. Like pod people? Know. Yeah, like you're just in a pod zoning out or something? I don't know. It's weird. Uh, uh-huh. How about a positive review from the New York Times? Vincent Canby. Wow. Devil- Demolition Man is a significant artifact of our time, or at least of this week. Booyah! Um, <laughs> he didn't. There's no booyah on there, but uh, I threw that in. Oh, we there's no Destin Thompson, guys. I'm sorry, uh, he's not available. And there's no. Uh, for some reason I can't find Roger Ebert. So minimal no reviews. Minimal reviews on this page doesn't mean that's how it is. Last one. This is from Newsweek. Demolition Man is a movie that should have been fun, and isn't. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so there you go. This is what people were saying back in the day. So, I'm not surprised. Uh, where do we begin? I mean, we've got product placement galore. We've got some of the finest action stars in the business at the top of their game. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start with the fact that this movie filmed and released in 1993, and then they said it at the beginning in 1996, and it's just <laughs> hell. Like three years in the future. Like, hey, it's the future. Difference. Must be the, the apocalypse. Makes. Must be fucking hell. If that right? doesn't hit you right away, then I can't. You're not paying attention because well, I felt the exact same when way. Were they, like, the when were the LA riots? Was that like? Uh, well, that's 92. Yeah. Did they just say those continued? Yeah, okay. That's so that's I mean like they even got like the the LA like we can't handle that kind of violence Rob Schneider later like we can't handle that level of violence with the LAPD there's like all kinds of like little plugins to like 
the LAPD and like cops and all that stuff and the riots. It's very much present in this movie. That's a good point. That's a very good point. But yeah, that's I agree. Over... Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's well, completely I agree ridiculous. With the, You're right. Yeah, I agree with the last assessment that the, I, I do feel like this movie is very much a relic of its time. Like it, it feels very mid nineteen or mid late nineteen ninety three. That's funny because I think it was like prescient in so many ways. Which oh is scary. no, absolutely. It's it's very very prescient. But at the same, like it's it's it, it can it, it can, can still be forward. a relic. Yeah. Right, but it, at the same time, it speaks very much for. That's partly why the um the prophetic nature to it. And it's like, uh, is somewhat, somewhat surprising because it does feel very grounded in the nineties, which it's jarring every time something happens where you're like, Oh, that's, they're dead on. That That's what we're doing these days. <laughs> yes. I mean, I can't even hold it back for this long in the show, but the high fives and not touching each other and we're in COVID. Oh God. How, who didn't think of that? <laughs> the one guy walks away going germs when he actually yeah. touches his hand. First there was AIDS. Then there was, was SR. Yes. She starts naming all these diseases and then it was just over. There's no more sex. And then the, what the sex it does happen is is digital. It's like with the Oculus Rift, you know. It's like yeah. everything is like uh, virtual, and that and that, and the internet had was, I mean, it existed in '93, of course, but I mean it was like barely around. Like it was Netscape it was like, chat rooms, <clears throat> right? Like like that stuff was not even hardly around. So like um, it was uh, very much looking forward. I mean, I I I I love this opening. Still, I think. I think some of the best material in this film is that, like, just this, that first fun chunk, like that first ten minutes. That first shot of the Halloween Hollywood sign on fire is fucking really good, and it, cool. it's it's like one of the best examples of like world building you'll find in a movie. It sets up his characters, the stakes. You've got like like what cop has an arch nemesis? It's just funny and dumb at the same time, but super entertaining. <laughs> Every that's how it was in the nineties, even the eighties. Yeah. You got the Die Hard. You got Bruce Willis. He's got to go yeah. head to head. You know, it's just that's how it always is. But hey, you know, I actually had a problem with the opening because I feel like oh, the this is a fucking police department and they can't do any forensics work to find out that these bodies were already dead. Like they didn't know if the body was burned alive or if they were shot to death or burnt. You know, come on. That, that was There's immediately no when. Yeah, that was immediately when you got to like set the pen down, right? Because like, <laughs> um, like, because because from the get go, I'm like, wait, why is he in trouble? What did he do? Like, um, they immediately quick, believe though, the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Real yep. quick, <laughs> I do want I do want to say how cool it is that um, they took an actual building that they were that was going to be demolished and like blew it up. Yeah, you know? and it like, looks that, really good. It looks amazing. Yeah, it they're like really they're like fighting good. amongst the rubble and stuff. That was so cool. Yep. If we're talking <laughs> practical effects. That was badass. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. But I, they're holding but, them. Yeah, you're you're done. You better get a lawyer right now. We haven't even gone to the police station yet. <laughs> and it, it wasn't it, me this time. This it time moved, <laughs> it moves at such a clip, man. That by the time the the frozen and carbonite moment comes, it's only yet the associate producer in the credits like it hasn't even gotten like I know. <laughs> love it that's the 90s for you man they jump right into it i mean no yeah. no bloat i think but, they're hauling I mean, after the credit scene i think you're right like well, we got to get to this cryostasis immediately how, right. how quick can we do this yeah. <laughs> we did the hook. quick let's get right. these fucking credits out and i think we get to see uh, sly stallone's dong for the first time since his porno and the there are more taints in this movie than in some fan. of the some of the superior pornography i've seen there's like 10 taint shots and like many many male ball sack shots it's ridiculous i never noticed wonderful it. Now. time i have a question yeah okay um what what kind of pornography are you watching? <laughs> really, really messed up makes, stuff. But. Makes it so superior that just wants to men's taints. I mean, that's cool if that's what you're into. I just <laughs> feel like you're making like a real value judgment here in the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say I wore my pause button out in 93. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. 
right. Sandra Bullock, by the way, we haven't even mentioned her name yet. She plays a key role as the cop who's obsessed with the 90s. So after things get bogus and they go <sighs> forward in time to 2032, all of a sudden, you got, by the way, God, there's so many things about this movie, but this warden who <laughs> runs so the many. cryo prison. Yeah, Smithers. So yeah, so Smithers is on the phone or FaceTime, really. That's cool. FaceTime. FaceTime. He's FaceTiming with Sandra Bullock and every, they're having this lovely conversation. Nothing ever happens here. And then when they bring Simon Phoenix up for the probationer, like the parole hearing, suddenly Smithers turns into this psycho. Like, you fuck. Let's shut up. You will shut up. It's like, <laughs> wait, you were just being like, be well, have a great day. But he remembers him. He remembers what he used to be like. Yeah, he was one of the first guys that he would have frozen back when he was the deputy warden. 29 years ago, the parole system as you know it was rendered obsolete. Rendered obsolete. Federal statute 537-29. Stop it! Do you have anything fresh to say on your behalf? I thought not. Yeah, I do. Teddy bear. Yeah. You, that was the, oh, it's the, sa it's the same warden. That. Yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah, and the older you are, you gotta you gotta think that the older people, like like his uh, Sly's buddy, like the, the older dude, they got uh, they they got yeah. a, they're not just gonna completely uh, you know dissolve their old persona. There's a little bit of that still left in them. That's what I think is cool about it. Okay. I didn't think about that. See, this is why we do the show, guys. I, I hadn't considered that he had been the warden for so long, but I just thought it was funny. He was being such a dick. If you take that out of context, it's pretty funny. Anyways, uh, yeah, so you have Sandra Bullock as Lena Huxley and yeah. Benjamin Bratz, her like, partner. He's very mm -hmm. innocent, guys. Yeah. He's so yeah. innocent. He's I a like sweet man. Yeah. yeah, he's nice. And then he got Dennis Leary as Edgar Friendly. You do. This is, the, you do. This is 1993 MTV Dennis Leary. Rapid, 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 rapid. I got to smoke a bat. I got to do a nuclear bomb. I got Brian John Wayne's fucking head. You know, this is. Bill Hitz stole your career. Dude, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you think Bill Hitz wrote that original speech? And uh, yeah. Dennis Leary? I hope you know, he, I, did he die right, right hang after on. he came <laughs> out or not? Because he died the same year. So Dennis, Dennis Leary is a good friend with, of Greg Dooley, so I'm not going to rip into him too hard. Oh, Oh, here we go. Greg Dooley. <laughs> um, no, he's the weakest part of the. He's the weakest actor in the movie. Literally, he's yeah. the, he's the, he pulls you out of the movie more than anybody else. He really um, does. Especially he takes when you they, back to the, he keeps you in the nineties. What you're saying, right? But he again, like speak well, yeah, because this was one of his first roles, like one of his first big roles. And at the time, like he had to do the, do the shtick, the same way Louis Black has to do his shtick when yeah. he first comes in. Zach Galifianakis has to do his shtick when he finally gets a movie. Like he had to do his shtick, like oh, I, I got to do the like it's it's like it's a commercial break for MTV real quick, so I have to like rattle off a bunch of shit and sound like Dennis Miller on speed. Yeah, it's cringeworthy. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks that Bill Hicks was lived long enough for this see this film come out. So he must have been really pissed off. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I'm sorry, Bill. That's cool. We love you, yeah. Bill. Wherever you are. We do. And Nothing then uh, I'm so glad you posted the picture of the rat burger. That's my favorite. <laughs> my favorite part of the whole movie that I always whenever I went to a barbecue or I was eating a burger, though, this is a rat burger. Rat burger. Rat so so you take a bite into a burger, you find out. That it's a rat burger. Do yes. You, are you, are you, you like eating. John Spartan? You keep eating. If you like it. I mean, it tastes good. Well, uh, and you're having a hard time getting a hold of meat generally. <laughs> You've perhaps been frozen, and you know having a kind yeah. of a uh, you know a Rip Van Winkle thing going on. Um, <laughs> well, he ate at the Taco Bell. Maybe it wasn't very good. I'm sorry, the Pizza Hut. So there was this whole thing. Let's talk about it. The Pizza Hut and Taco Bell 
It was Taco Bell originally. When I saw the movie at first. Then you watched the European version. Interesting. Because HBO Taco... on HBO it was Taco Bell. I can ver- I'm certain of that because that's, that's what it the was. American version. And 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 but in Europe they're both owned by Yum Industries, right? So in Europe yeah. Taco Ooh. Bell does not do as well. Is it? It was just simply wasn't recognizable enough overseas. Um, so they, so Taco Bell was the first, like they tried to get McDonald's, they tried to get Burger King. Um, but, uh, Taco Bell was the first one to be like, yeah, we're on board. And so they, they shot it all and made it like that. And then when they went to go like distribute overseas, they're like, wait, fuck, no one knows what Taco Bell is. So what's with this cocktail guy anyway? He says I saved his life, which I'm not even sure I did. And my reward is dinner and dancing at Taco Bell. I mean, Hey, I like Mexican food, but come on. Your tone is quasi-facetious, but you do not realize that Taco Bell was the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars. So? So? Now all restaurants are Taco Bell. No way. So, <laughs> here we are. Oh, oh so, so I now have the European version. Interesting. Okay, cool. But I heard there was like, uh, who cares? It doesn't matter. Anyways, yeah, so all Taco Bells, all restaurants are T-Bell or Pizza Hut or whatever the fuck you're watching. And, you know, Taco Bell, it's all Pizza run Hut. by the... Yeah, yeah. Taco- Exactly. It's all run by Cocto. Nigel Hawthorne. That's yeah, right. Nigel Hawthorne. Like, what are you doing in this movie, dude? Isn't that bizarre? He must have needed a new house. Like, something was going on. He got sued. Uh, he looks like he's not trying. I mean, I know he's acting, I but like, you could see it in his eyes. Like, <laughs> am I here? Am I here? It it's was a, a huge mistake for Nigel Hawthorne. It's a, the, it, he had egg on his face because he took the movie to try to convince a studio that he could star in the madness of king george they had they were already looking at him anyway for the part and he, oh, he took man. this dumbass role and it was not worth it but and it was just nothing like the madness of king george yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a little bit of a presence though i like dr cocktail like one of my favorite scenes is when simon phoenix says to him like we got the right to be assholes even good old simon phoenix has kind of a fucking point in this False utopia. Eric Branstrom, you're fined one credit for violation <laughs> of the morality code. <laughs> hey, do you think that uh, John Spartan fucked up the plumbing when he used all of those violations for the? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believe. How he the probably fuck did. do you use the three seashells? Does anyone have the answer? No, no, I don't know. But I still here, don't about, get it. A better que- a better point is that since we we don't know, and John Spartan never finds out to the point that like the movie literally ends with him like kissing the girl, saving the day, him going, yeah, and also uh, how do you wipe my ass after it? Shit, and roll credits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of hoping he'd be like, oh, one last question: Where's my daughter? I want to tell her I love her, but yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just dismissed that. They just completely that. dismissed. <laughs> Forget being over the daughter. It's like, uh, my wife's dead. Want a bone? Yep, wants to fuck her immediately. <laughs> uh, miss my wife. Uh, I'm Burritos. Over Burritos. Have sex. My dead wife and daughter. Who gives a fuck? His daughter's out there, and it's and like they could have just cut that. Like they cut. So they cut the subplot from the movie, like the, the daughter subplot. But like, why not cut all the, cut the stuff line. about the daughter? Every so line. That we, so that we don't wonder. <laughs> Why does he not give a shit about his daughter? <laughs> Your own offspring? Well, they're Whatever. trying to. Okay, so they're trying to like make a commentary about what would it be like if you were in the future. Would you want to know or not know? But it just doesn't fit the movie. That's what I could see what they're trying to do. And it's like, no. You know, just have her die in the earthquake and the big one like your wife did in 2010, which, by the way, was 10 years ago in our real lifetime. It just blows my mind. Uh, it's weird when they're talking about the past in this film. So, yeah, yeah, so they should have just cut it completely. I agree. We're talking about Demolition Man. That's what this is all we about. We are knee deep in it. And 
the funniest bit ever is the morality code. It's the one that I've I have I probably just exhausted people when I was a teenager <laughs> with it. it, it was, yeah. I made my it's the kind of shit I could do. I could make my dad laugh and he'd be like, Oh, that's funny, you know, like that kind of shit. And, but it got tiresome pretty quick, you know. But it was funny, yeah. You don't John say. Button, you were fine. I just loved it. I loved it. It never got old to me. And it still doesn't get old. I laughed the first time it happened. I was like, Oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> It's a yeah, great it's joke, and it gives, and they never bail on it either. Even when there's like the serious argument with Simon yeah. Phoenix and mm-hmm. Cocteau in that meeting on. room, it's way in the background, but it's going on. Unless it. you're outside, if you're outside, it doesn't work anymore. You're you're good. Yeah, it's like they're not like near enough. <laughs> well, no, yeah. but uh, the only time it happens outside is when Snipes is at the computer and he's like, du- he's, I love he's it. doing the most ridiculous keyboarding. He's like, that gets into one of the other major um, like prescient things, like like uh, predictive oh. things of this movie is the lack of privacy, right? Like you you can't yeah. say anything without them recording you. In fact, you can't have a, a, a person-to-person conversation with a friend without your boss actually monitoring yeah. your conversation and giving you shit about it when you get into work. And you're just like, oh, yeah, he, he saw that, huh? And that's, that's a, such a great point. That's, uh, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because it, that was literally like just a joke. Like, fuck, that'll never happen. But like, Lord knows you like talk about a movie and like your social media sites are all like requesting you to like buy it on some fucking site. Like everybody's listening. It's no joke. Yeah. The most prescient things are the lack of privacy, the, the disease thing. It just like freaks yeah. the hell out of you. Surrey, uh, Surrey is uh, like asked stuff nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, the advisor to the cops when they first confront Simon Phoenix, I yeah. could see that they, happening. They, they like, ask we're Surrey doing police in the subject, <laughs> and maybe we, yeah, and maybe we need that. You know, with police reform and shit, it might not be a bad thing. Uh, maybe but it could like, be a little more productive than that one. But you know. but this movie is, I mean, it's kind of like you know, it's kind of liberal pussies ruined America the movie right like this is like oh. like like in the future the the liberals are gonna make everything so uh you know soft and pussified that uh you know they won't be able to handle a real criminal that doesn't pay attention to the to the to the laws um which you know that doesn't affect that has nothing to do with the election or anything else going on <laughs> no certainly funny. I can't I, make I any connections there but um I, I never saw it through that lens at all I really yeah. didn't and the writer says like he wasn't trying to do that. The writer who, by the way, like wrote part of it while standing in line, apparently, like he wrote it like on note cards and shit. He really shit this thing out really fast. Um, but he, he wasn't really trying to go for like a you know political message. But that is kind of the message I think of the movie that like in, in you know the things if you're too nice, you, eventually you will be uh, up, you know confronted with someone who is so evil that you just cannot respond to it. And there's like and and it shows that over and over again. Simon Phoenix is just murdering people like they're like they're dodos uh, being approached by Europeans for the first time and like have no idea what the fuck they what is even going on gun noun portable firearm this device was widely utilized in the urban wars of the late 20th century referred to as a pistol look I don't need a history lesson come on Hal where the goddamn guns you are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute fuck Fuck you Your repeated violation of the verbal morality statute has caused me to notify the San Angeles Police Department. Please (laughs) remain where you are for your own command. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's a, 
it one of the weirdest parts about it is that like this is a you one of many like false utopia movies there's it reminds me a lot of like minority report which tries to do like the same thing like in a serious way but like there's a lot of parallels too but any anything not good is illegal here meat smoking alcohol caffeine contact sports chocolate gasoline pregnancy so what wow. is good Look, for you reel it, like, it off word it, for word it, it doesn't really tell you like what in this world is good for you what makes you happy or why are all these people happy just because they're safe and alive and another question is like cocteau is like right there in san what do they call it san angeles san he's, right angeles. Like, yeah, he's yeah. like a constant presence if you're in dc or new york or baltimore like uh does anyone give a shit about these kinds of rules like this no, that part of the world doesn't exist no but like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's very la centric <laughs> that's the thing i mean like is this society in peoria illinois or is it just los angeles Could, if you don't like this can you just go to fucking peoria illinois and like live life like it was in the 90s or what well it reminds me of, like the extreme version at the opposite end of like you know uh what is it attack of new york attack of la what's escape, the fuck escape from I'm new york, york. Escape, escape thank you new york. Right. but it's like the opposite end of the spectrum hey this is all that exists right here right now and so there's there, there's talk of actually bringing marco brambia back to make his second feature film ever because this is his first <laughs> for a sequel um and uh like i, I don't know how i feel about it but like um there's there's been a little bit of talk about it and if they did explore outside of like if they got outside of san angeles yeah i could actually see where there, there could be something of interest here um hmm. I, I, like because there is like as eric said there's a lot of serious world building going on here they could they could explore it but i also fear that they brought in a, if they try to do a sequel now for one like you know, it never works after like 10 years or more. Uh, it does, from my opinion, it's just sequels don't generally work. There are some exceptions. But um, and then also, Christmas like, God, uh, and, and also, like, I get to see him like, yeah, will they have the same sense of humor? I mean, like, will they, you know, like, will they try and make a message? Because, like, the movie makes, like, there's a message, but it's not trying to make a message. It's just trying to entertain you and be it's funny. Tongue in cheek. Right. And, like, I feel you like it, so? it, I it's, not like, it's not like Black Mirror type. No, right. it's not that dark and serious and like, whoa, holy fuck. It's I, I don't feel like there's a lot of attention. I mean, I think there's I all like kind of, all the stuff we're discussing, which John Parton John Spartan calls it like this kind of like violation of privacy. He calls it fascist. So there is like some comments being made. Don't get me wrong, but like um it, I think it's more like on these individual things, if that makes sense. Like, you know, on yeah. case by case basis. Well, it but definitely... they all say we're all lost. We're all lost without Cocteau. What will we do now? Like, it makes them really seem clueless because they've been so pacified by all of these little things that they think are positive. By removing everything and giving them direction from every detail of their day, now they have no <laughs> idea what to do when suddenly the main guy goes up in smoke. Literally. Seems unlikely. Corporations, you cut off the head and it just keeps on going. It's more of a Hydra type thing than anything else. So I'm speaking not of cut, speaking of cut off, cutting off heads. That is some really gentle foreshadowing in the beginning of the movie. Very gentle. <laughs> I wonder how Simon <laughs> will die eventually. <laughs> I wonder. But, I mean, yeah. I, I think it, all of these types of they 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 try to like illustrate the uh, the futile effort of uh, just obliterating like man's bestial nature to kill. I mean, it's like a H.G. Wells thing. It's a Philip Dick thing. Mm -hmm. But this has its own take on it. And it's before, like, uh, we, we saw other movies that tried to do this before. I respect it for it. One thing about San Angeles in 20, what, 32? Yeah. It's fucking diverse. I mean, there's it's not just all white people. And 
like they have reasons for like all these billowy clothes and stuff. They talk about it affecting the ozone layer and stuff. So like the world's not that bad, even with these people underground, like that are trying to do their thing when they do the, like when they do the graffiti and stuff, it's, it's cleared up. Like it's like, (laughs) yeah, they're they're getting food. Like, like why did, why does he need to bring uh, Simon Phoenix there? Dr. Katu? Like what? Well, hang on, hang on. I feel like you're, who's getting food? The people, the, the, under, like, the, the yeah, the people underground. Yeah, they're getting rats and they're stealing food because they're because that's what it, they have to do to survive. Let's like it's them. not. I don't think that's that great. And the fact that like they that they they can try and their best to strike back in some small way by like say having graffiti and like leaving their mark on society and having that immediately erased because um, it's arms race that takes place between and, and technology. Um, I don't think any of that's that great. It's not that great, but like it's handled by them already. So I'm trying to figure out why they have to bring uh, Simon Phoenix there to like, like what? what are oh, they, what is oh, Dr. I misunderstood. Okay, I misunderstood. Yeah, saying. it's obvious. He doesn't trust. He wants to cut out friendly. He thinks friendly is the big cocktoo on the other side. So if he gets rid of friendly, then everybody will just give up and die down in the basement. Yeah, he doesn't want any threat oh, no. at all to his authority whatsoever. <laughs> and rather than you know. It's just a bullshit reason. It's a bullshit reason to bring them together in time. Here we go. Let's have a party. It's a premise. Whatever. The the face gets cut off. It gets put on the other face. The voices change too magically, and then they fight. (laughs) You know, this is welcome to the movies. Yeah, it's Associate Bob. He's going to work for everybody. He'll work for Simon (laughs) Phoenix. He'll work for John Spartan. He'll work for the warden. He'll work for everybody. He loves everyone. Associate Bob. Say, I mean. It's it, the MDK scene, like the first one when they're all watching it, and it happens mm-hmm. twice. It's genuinely pretty scary, if you ask me. I, I agree. It's kind of chilling. Yeah, I think it's fuck. They're fucking stupid, though. That's what I don't like about this movie. Like, if they got so, if they got so advanced, they should have got a little bit smarter. I, the movie's not directly saying this, but they're getting dumber in a way because of an over reliance on technology. Maybe the movie is trying to that jump that what, in, you I know, think so. screw that into the plot because. Like the, the scene where the chief says, all right, we'll just wait till he does another MDK and then we'll attack him. Yeah. And Stallone's like, oh, <laughs> Everyone even John Spartan. Oh, good point. Oh, you, you, you mean you mean the boss, Bald Gunton? Yeah. yeah bald Bull Gunton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, <laughs> all right, we're talking Demolition Man here in the Cinema 9 pod. Uh, we're going to be getting close very soon. Does this one hold up or not? I'm still oh, not yeah. sure where everyone stands. Hold but up. Hold so up. Much uh, say. We got to talk about it. I said we're getting types. close. Yeah. We got to talk Simon Phoenix. Come on, man. Of course we are. A role What's he didn't really want to do. Yeah, yeah, but he, he, he did his badass best. to. He, this is his first, unless I'm crazy, I can't think of an action role that he really did. Because he did Jungle Fever. The Passenger 57 was the same year. So he filmed both of these like simultaneously. Yeah. This is like the breakout of that, I think. Of course, I could just look it up, but off the top of my head, that's how I feel. About no, it. yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I don't. I mean, when Money Train was like '96. Money Train. He did, oh, okay, so here's what he does. He does. He does Jungle Fever. Then he does White Man Can't Jump before this, which is right. awesome. That blows him up, and then he goes into this action phase, which is awesome. He is a yeah, badass he's action star. Great. It's a black he belt. Puts, yes, he shows it. His his um. Well, I watched Dolomite. Is my name <laughs> Eric? You saw it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching that and then watching Demolition Man and seeing like, wow, this guy is fucking great you martial artist. Had an eye when he's going toe to toe with with Stallone. I mean, he's a fucking great martial artist. He's a real yeah. life black belt, and he's he's great, man. I've missed the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah and it's funny too. that he that he didn't want to do this role because it looks like he is just having the time oh. of his life. 
He's, he's just so, like, right? He's so fun, but he's also really fucking weird and creepy. Like, I'm seeing Joker parallels because he just relishes in murder and anarchy with no moral compass whatsoever. He's not exposing hypocrisy or any of that bullshit. He's just <laughs> weird and evil and loves the shit out of it. I do without the blue eye contacts yeah. kind of yeah, okay, way yeah. distracting. Small, small um, but he did hate time, his bo- he hated his hair though. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. he he shaved it immediately. Yeah, it's funny. But so like you know you know I'm always interested in in like and in interrogating race when we do these things. Like what is going on with this movie that you got? Like they're they're making this comment sort of about like you know it's it's post riots la they're basing the movie like in the future and they're making these la jokes and they have like a black man like just run running wild paying like no attention to the law the cops have no idea what to do with them and he's blonde haired and blue eyed what in the fuck if anything maybe nothing probably nothing but like it seems like there's something going on with race here but i can't really put my finger on what it is hmm yeah there's something how much credit should we think- give the screenwriters for that? They yeah, made like, oh yeah, we were totally thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about race as much in this film. I usually it's something I'm, I mean, you always think about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I was on the lookout like- for for black cops and and a diverse cast in the police force and stuff, and it's very Everybody. very. Diverse, oh yeah. yeah, they're there. And yeah. he wanted yeah, he wanted Jackie Chan to play the uh, Simon Pinnock <laughs> yeah, role. That's yeah. funny. What kind of movie would that have been? Less uh, funny? Not as good. Not nearly no, as I good. Mean, he makes this it. movie. This movie rides pretty hard on as as Sandra Bullock says the uh, the witticisms when you, the, the glib witticisms when you when John Barton John Spartan kills someone you know and then the same thing with Simon <laughs> Phoenix, Simon Phoenix um, which by well, the way was- you re- you're really setting yourself up if you're saying Simon says all the time and then you say something then someone's gonna be like well you didn't say Simon says so you really <laughs> set yourself up for that one but um, they both of them have like these great '90s quips going on throughout the whole thing great, yeah great the, quips the, the, the best has to be when uh, Stallone literally throws a tv at him and says you're on tv <laughs> i fucking laughed you know i i will say this by the way uh speaking of wanting someone else to play a role Lori petty was actually on film for a few days and then they said well, let's get her out of here she did tank girl which blew up by the way yeah just kidding i got a little tired of the action oh, the end scene by the final battle I'm, i was kind of tired i was like you know what yeah. i've had enough of this it kind of so it loses its luster for me because by the time we get to that final showdown and he does the thing with the head and he's trying yep. to decry at you know unfreeze everybody just i didn't care i lost interest i admit it freely as soon as they go underground, for me, it lo- it loses a little bit of steam because it doesn't. It's it's the world building for me. It doesn't have that much to say once they get under there, and it's about it, it's time for it to just become the dumb action movie that it's been poking fun at previously in the runtime. Plus, Jesse Ventura shows up and kind of underutilized, but he does throw him, <laughs> kill a man, you know, Nigel Hawthorne, and throw him in a plane. That's right. Um, yeah. I, 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 I do think like th- this movie does go big dumb at the end the way you want it to yeah. though I mean like ultimately I want this movie to end with Sylvester Stallone you know running away from flames going yeah, yeah. and then that's exactly <laughs> what happens um, so that's that's yeah. good I just didn't care about yeah. that I'm more interested in like everything else going on in the film besides the action I I like some of it in the beginning in the middle well, but that, you I want to hear run- the jokes and I want to hear the satire. Yeah, you you could have pushed it a little further. In fact, they, they make a point out of Simon Phoenix saying, "I don't want to get all the big badass mad dogs out of uh, freezing." Like in Last Action Hero, that's Benedict's main goal. He's like, "Let's get fucking Hannibal Lecter and all these other badass motherfuckers and take over the world." Simon Phoenix says the opposite. But if he would have 
done so, we would have got like a Garland Green Con Air thing and all these crazy motherfuckers would have got unthought and, and went up against John Sparta. It could have been more interesting. There's so many comparisons to make in this movie, too, to, to Last Action Hero, which I hope we investigate on this show again. I'm someday. sure we will. <laughs> I'm sure we will, too. So I know we're, good, you though. and I are both fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that um, I think that this movie goes big and dumb, and yeah, it does kind of get a little uh, lurching towards the end. I'll, I'll grant you that, but I mean, it's got to end somehow. What are they, they going to do? Like pivot, and all of a sudden he cares about his daughter, and they wrap it up with like a, some heartfelt scene. <laughs> Who knows? What if they have some revelation? You know, why does he have to kill Simon Phoenix? Maybe Simon Phoenix goes back in the fridge. You know. <laughs> yeah, but man, he won't be in the sequel, unfortunately. Oh man! If that hey, happens. If it's a comic book, there's always a way around it, right? So. How how does Sub Zero rehabilitation work exactly? <laughs> oh, By that's great. That's a great a commentary. That's what I so that, that's about. That, no, that's a good question. I mean, like, so I was going to raise that question too, but I also was like, I'm trying not to be as critical as I have traditionally yeah. been on the but show. That, that, no, that needs to be on that. I feel like you know maybe he was overdoing it. Um, I don't know if there was any particular episode that made me suddenly feel that way, but um, I do, oh. and. Um, I don't know where it was going. Revelation, folks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got lost in my own revelation there, I guess. But I, I, about I guess, the knitting? You want to talk about knitting? Oh, yeah. I, I, I was worrying about that, too, for a minute. But ultimately, I just let it go. But yeah, I mean, obviously, if, if, you got, if you're putting someone in cryostasis for 27 years or however long it is that he's, I forget now, from 93 to 32. Um, so, 96. Don't forget, it's three years oh, of yeah, hell. That's right, ninety six. That's, that's right, ninety six to thirty. Twenty six years later. Dun, dun, like, dun. Why are you only implanting the need, to, the desire, and, and, and knowledge to like so? Um, like, what did you do? Like, uh, like maybe some like I don't know. Put some Kierkegaard and some Kant in there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, this is what happens. See, you open that area, and now this is what's going to happen. Because there's, if there's limitless possibilities, if Simon Phoenix was given everything, every detail, every code, he learned every language. He's doing, you know, he's speaking Spanish, and he could do anything. You're right. This opens a Pandora's box. It's like, why do we even want to go down this hole? Why did you bring it up in the first place? Screenwriters. Make, you needed, yeah. you needed Simon, a plot point. Make Simon Phoenix even smarter when someone else finally has to deal with him. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it makes sense. As, as, as our friend Chad chimes in, it, it gives prisoners some sort of skill to come out with to make something of themselves, which I suppose like that's kind of what prison's supposed to do now too. But like, you need more than a skill. You need like empathy you know like rehabilitation yeah, that's what we have limited un- yeah in my limited understanding it's not it's not a skill uh, you know keeping your hands busy it's, it's not the, it's not the victorian era where our only concern is keeping the people from idle having idle hands we need to actually like train people in empathy and that kind of stuff and maybe they weren't thinking about that in 93 i don't know but uh oh you don't you want know. it to be like blow you know, yeah yeah i went to crime school in prison you know you want it to be a game changer yeah right. i agree and it's not what it was. So they open that up, and it, it's rife for criticism. Everyone understands it. So be it. And then I just don't know if this movie holds up as I start to think about it. It's funny. The cast is outstanding. Uh, the cast is great. I mean, every bit part is covered. Oh, the jokes God, are yeah. good. But it just gets tired after a while. And Sylvester Stallone, I'm just not a big – this could be a Sylvester Stallone issue. I'm just not loving him 
Well, Christ. I, mean, I, think like, I just kept thinking about his fucking ego throughout this whole movie, and it got in my head, and I couldn't let it go. Just I don't really know him personally. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. What could well, we be yeah, I mean, like, yeah. like... A guy, a roid rage, day, a yeah. guy spent his life keeping himself in roided out shape when he's 70 years old. I'm sure he didn't remember <laughs> the ego. He's got a lot of good plastic surgery. He looks healthy. He looks good. This is Prime Stallone, too. <laughs> he, I think he has a couple good, more good ones in him. I like Daylight. I think that's pretty good. Um, but for me, Mike, you're right. This is a terrific writer, a very intelligent man, but he yeah. can be right. He can be downright dull for me in a lot of movies. This one included. I mean, I think if you get someone else in there as John Spartan, you have a more interesting lead character, even though I can, he can kick ass and knit a damn fine sweater. But yes. the fact is, he's just a dumb brute throughout the entire movie. But he's supposed yeah. to be playing a dumb brute. They call him but, a caveman and Neanderthal. I know, but like, Which, you want way, your protagonist to be a dumb brute? Yeah, but they I also mean, misunderstand him because he's from the past, too. So they're going to say that. That puzzles me anyway. Because it's like half these people, like, they remember him. Like, what do you, yeah. it hasn't been that long. What do you call him a caveman hey, for? But he, right, but he is supposed to be a dumb brute. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the, the world's biggest um Sylvester Stallone fan by any means I don't think he's a particularly good actor if I had to pick a favorite Sylvester Stallone movie though I'd probably say Demolition Man wow interesting I liked his rebirth in you know in Creed with the kind of trying to pick that up I thought it was good because he was being honest and he could play these smaller roles where he's not trying to be a like yeah, I never yeah. saw any of the Expendables. I just don't give a shit. Yeah, it's not for me. Copland's not a very good movie. Copland's not great. A tender, tender performance in it, but the movie is just not that good. I've never seen any of the Expendables. I haven't seen the Rockies. I've seen one. I've seen a couple of them. I've, I've seen. seen four, I've seen you know. none of the Rambo's. Like this is the kind of Stallone yeah. fan that I am. I can just give a fuck. I don't First Blood is fucking you. awesome. He's great in it. But yeah. maybe you know, it just doesn't. I'd rather I, now Oscar again. I've seen Oscar a couple times. Not a bad film. <laughs> Rhinestone. <laughs> what about Over the Top? I love oh, Lincoln Hawk. Well, you kidding me? <laughs> I love it. Everyone's pretty good. Do you guys think that uh, the virtual sex they have is better than real sex? Or the, no, no, clearly not. On this. It's, it's, it's the time of COVID. When's the last time I had real sex? If, yeah, no one knows. Uh, if he was a dumb brute like <laughs> Travis says he is, then he would have loved it regardless because this guy would have just fucked anything, even if it was digital sex. He threw it off. He threw it off. Yeah, he was done with it, man. It's not what? for him. He, he wants real oh. personal contact. Again, it's been like maybe forty-eight hours since he learned his wife's dad, and he's like, "She's like, do you want to have sexual?" Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of the weird thing. That's kind of the weird thing too that you didn't see in like the mid '90s. She's the one that brings it up because she herself says she got kind of turned on by his testosterone-fueled rage. Yeah. And that's oh, another- oh shit! Oh shit! Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just thought of something. I still won't forget it this time. Okay. I, just real quick. I mean, but that was another thing that kind of like fucking pussy liberal things again, like the real yeah, men yeah, like yeah, murder, yeah, real yeah, men murder yeah. and eat meat. Don't you yeah, know they that? Do. They don't even eat rat. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, what about Dan Cortez singing Dan Cortez. Valley of the Gilly Green Giant at the Taco Bell? <laughs> I caught that. In a, yeah. in a crooner way. Yeah, I mean, someone got fired. Cool. That what was a so cameo! Funny. That what was what a fucking cameo. I'm putting that on my list of best cameos. It really was like, amazing. Oh, shit, it's Dan yeah, that's something Valley else. Of the garden. <laughs> yeah, not only is it Dan Cortez of all people for that to be what he's doing in the movie, it's so weird. It's so that's funny. Another, that's another reason. Like 
to your point about the 90s relic, with Dennis Leary and Dan Cortez being shoved in here in 93, these guys are both big, like, MTV faces. I feel like there's somebody from MTV, like, who worked there or was a liaison. Like, hey, I got a Dan Cortez here today, and uh, uh, Dennis Leary's here. He wants to party. <laughs> Marco <laughs> Brembilla, whatever the fuck he is. Marco Brembilla. He's a real guy. Snuck I, I, right past a, him. Yeah. I would okay, think. so I've done, I've done a little research on Marco oh, Brembilla. Please, please. I swear um, this is a pseudonym. This guy can't exist. I can't find much of anything on I, him. I, I, that's, that's partly why. I was so interested and dug around. So um, he came from commercials. He had done yeah. just like some commercials. He's, he's on a Canadian Italian uh, descent. Um, I think he's got dual citizenship. And uh, and he he was like pretty much a nobody. This was Joel Silver's baby because the it was a, it was a um, a script that was it was a first time script, a, a spec script by some nobody. Um, so it was like so and, and like Joel Silver was like I'm going to spend all the money on you know the cast. So I'll get like you know a, a capable director from commercials, and yeah. uh, you know obviously we'll play our screenplay or screenwriter shit. And so like it went over budget and like Silver had like you know like speak up in his defense and blah blah blah. And Marco Brambilla I th- or Brambilla I don't know he thought you know I thought that like maybe this since whatever reason like he just like left and like hated you know film. But like the dude has been working constantly for decades as a video artist. I watched some of his stuff. It's so weird. He's 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 had art installations in like every major city in the world and like it's, and it's, it's some like of it's ex- like it's like experimental video, very, not like music videos. Yeah, 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 very experimental videos. Like Italian. I only watched yeah, I only watched one of them. It was called Civilization. I think I might post it on our page. It, uh, it's it was what? really interesting. I mean, but like I, I wouldn't watch it over and over again. But like it's weird that like okay, I made Demolition Man and now I'm going to enter the world of art and live on grants and that's what this dude's been doing. He did excess wow. baggage with uh, the beautiful Alicia Silverstone. He did. Toro, yeah, yeah. Oh well, okay. I somehow missed that. Yeah, he did excess baggage. You're right. He did. He did do a couple other ones. I think I didn't think to look at his uh, IMDb. I think IMDb. I think I was looking at his Wikipedia. So he has. You're right. He did do. But it's, a, it's a competently made feeling. movie. Like it. I like the shots. It, it flows no, really yeah, well. Yeah. I think he does a really good job. I Absolutely think I think does. he's a I think he's got a really good eye. I mean, I think that I think that the movie is pretty well composed. I I think that a lot of the set design sucks. It yeah. really feels like it's shot in yeah. um, studios and stuff. Especially when you get that big open beginning where it's like shot outdoors with a, on the rubble and stuff like we were talking <laughs> earlier. And then so much of the rest of the movie is shot on sound stages. But um, but I, I felt like he I felt like he did good work. All right, a couple of tidbits here. So apparently the three seashells works as like chopsticks where you pull the shit out and then you use the third one to wipe up with your uh, scraper. This is according to Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I don't know how that works. That's, but... Wait, hang on. Chopsticks? Yeah, that's what it says. You use it like you, two chopsticks like you, where you pull out the shit. You pull it out. <laughs> yeah. And then like you use going. the third one to scrape your butt up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in an in ironic, t- un, like maybe an ironic twist, but I literally was researching the history of toilet paper before I even decided to make this our pick because we were talking about the Revolutionary War and how back then they would use corn cobs to like wipe themselves with. The husks, the, 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 leaves, spent, like, the leaves, not the cobs, the leaves. Right. On the <laughs> Thank you. But like I literally spent wasted a fucking hour of my time. Yeah, but like we're not the only country that that uses toilet paper. Even to this day, people use uh, certain types of things to scrape and do this and that. So it's not another question. But I never had a bidet. Also, uh, this has been claimed by. It's, you guys read this? It's von Demir, a Hungarian science fiction writer, who says that this was basically based on his saw book that. in nineteen. Oh, yeah, nineteen. Yeah, I saw that in the Wikipedia page. Yeah, 
Yeah. Says he wanted but, to sue, but he didn't have the money to do so. But it was approved by a committee to be over seventy-five percent based on his book. Yeah, but also yes. he's. I mean, the plot of the movie is. I mean, like, realistically, okay. So it's uh, someone gets frozen. A, a cop gets frozen in time and has to <laughs> break go. out. Break out a, a master criminal in the future, where and, and things have changed. We're not really good with violence. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a cool plot, <laughs> but like, I don't know that you had to steal it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I yeah. could imagine coming that, up with that one on your own. Like I mean, if the television could be invented independently, perhaps <laughs> Del- Demolition Man's uh, super complicated plot could be as well. Yeah. Last one, last one. This is great. I didn't know this. Uh, Adrian Barbeau, who's the computer voice in this movie, yeah. Yeah. the voice of the computer in the thing. How cool is that? Oh, Very cool. cool. I didn't know that. I love that. That's fun. That's a fun that fact. A lot of fun. Uh, okay, guys. I think we have cut the shit. It's time. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think work, uh, should we make Eric go first? You usually make the person who picks it go first. Yeah, yeah make it? him go first. Yeah, you I'm, go first, Eric. I'm glad I picked it. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it, and like I said, this was something I would watch over and over and over again when I was a kid. Uh, Marco Brembia offers up a fun alternative to these brainless action trash films of the early '90s. It's smart. It's generally well paced. Shot. Pretty nicely, if you ask me, being for what it is. The script by Daniel Waters, who also did Heathers and Batman Returns, is fresh and funny. Like when they cut to that like clip of him like carrying the little girl out of the situation, and she's like, "Fuck you, lady! Like I'm worth more than the ransom money." It's funny. The acting's mostly good. Entertains as being just an action movie that pokes fun at dumb action movies until, like I said, it just kind of becomes a dumb action movie itself. Harmless fun, still very much one of a kind. Holds up, in my opinion. Oh, there's there's multiple screenwriters. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's so what I, I thought. I, the one I was talking about must have been one that was the one that every movie, the had, like, of- every movie yeah. has like thirty, but they always yeah two. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. one of the ones. It was like one guy did it, and then then, the, then this other guy came in and rehauled it. Polish. So it holds up. Is that what we're saying? Is that what you said? That's what yeah. Eric said. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, go. You want me to go? Uh, why don't you go? I always go next. Well, I wrap things up for once. Great. I don't care. Right. I also am the one who always confused, so that it just makes more sense. It's um, always fun to see where Michael uh, goes. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> this movie's funny. It's very funny. And kind of drags so but that's if that's a personal preference it's not fair to the film necessarily well, i mean like all of these is subjective right all of our reviews here yeah uh, you know, this uh, opinion of what it means to hold up continues to evolve for every show for me so who the hell knows what's happening <laughs> you know i said american history x holds up and then i regretted it for two weeks so i don't know i mean what Three. do i know uh uh, I don't regret it anymore, though, because I, I remembered why I wanted it to hold up, and I didn't get to tell myself that. That's why I got to slow down. I got to slow down. Demolition Man is funny. Were you entertained? I was entertained for a, more than 50% of the film. And Well, Mike, let me ask you this. You said last week that you just watched this a couple months ago. Yeah, I did. Did you watch it again in preparation for this episode? I absolutely did. So... You weren't like fuck. I gotta watch it. I just watched it. You were you were not abject to sitting down taking another look. Uh, he's got a point there. That's look, I didn't sit there and try and bend your will about <laughs> for the holidays. Let the let, oh, let the no. fuck up and let the man you walk through it on week. his own. Give me this one. I need this for my life. I need this. Oh, if he needs it, then who cares? <laughs> I, I already know. We already know what Travis thinks of this. I think. I think he gave us a spoiler earlier, but I could be wrong. Anyways, bottom line, he did say it was his favorites. 
Sylvester Stallone movie, but that's not saying a lot because he's not a big fan. I like this movie. It's it's fun. It's a fun film. It's fun. It's got a lot to say, and I still think we could have talked about a lot of other areas of the commentary and the satire, even if you didn't think they they didn't mean to do it or not. I don't think that matters. The bottom line is it exists, and I think in 2020, there's just too many things to me that it holds up. It holds up. It does. (laughs) All right. He said it holds up. That's yep. why I made you go next because I'm going to say that it holds up too. And I was afraid that if I didn't say that it hold up, that you were going to say that it didn't hold up. But yeah, I'm going to say it holds up. Um, I think it's it's a wackadoo and unique 90s action film when it came out. And if you uh, expect it to be a wackadoo and unique 90s action film when you sit down and watch it now, then you're going to be pleased. It's a, it's a, it's entertaining. It's surprisingly thoughtful. Um you know, it's it's not going to, um, you know, you're not going to get the logo tattooed on you. I hope you're not going to like write a thesis on it. But I mean, um, there, well, actually, you probably could. I MDK take that back. Twenty twenty, you could well, do that. Yeah, yeah, actually, absolutely, you absolutely could. But um, you know, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it's surprisingly super cerebral for what it is. But at the same time, it's just a you know, a brain dead action film. So it works on many levels, and it's totally entertaining. Holds up. I mean, there's some inconsistencies. Sandra Leona Huxley is obsessed with the '90s. She's got to lead the weapon. Dude, we just covered everything. Yeah, doesn't fine. understand that a car, like a pedal, works the gas on a car. Come on, you got it, dude. You you got your yeah. yeah take, take your win, you bitter I fuck. Need, I needed that jab. <laughs> All right, there it is. Cinema Nine Pod. We did it. Demolition Man, 1993, holds up according to these three bozos. Yeah. Hey, what do we know? Why don't you tell us? Facebook, check us out. We got our page. You can comment and be like, hey. I watched your video and it was fucking dumb. Or you could be like, guys, you guys have some reasonable things to say. Thank you so much. We'd love to hear from you. Either way, send them an iPod at ProtonMail.com. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're everywhere. We're just, we're everywhere. It's annoying. It's so annoying. And send course, us an email. Did the yeah. rapper look good? Would you eat it? Edgar Friendly Speech. Did he steal it from Bill Hicks? And also, <laughs> uh, we'll be, ha- you know, Mike will be picking his uh, his choice here for next week, but we've got a couple weeks. We can, you can start sending in those uh, listener choice picks now because after Mike's pick, the week after that, it'll be listener's choice. So go ahead and start sending be. those in. Eric's yeah, favorite, the- favorite time of the year. By the way, we, uh, I just learned today that we, we just added another person to our guest list. Uh, he loves the pod, and he really wants to be on the show. And he has a movie he definitely wants to talk about, so we can't take it. So I'll I'll confer with you guys on this off here. But uh, he's really excited. He loves the show, too. All right, so. Uh, no, but he loves the show, so that's what matters. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for me to make my choice. I said, mm, oh, shit, three weeks ago at least that I already knew what I was going to pick. So this is good. I know. Don't give us no one in mind like where you're making up your mind in this moment. We know, yeah, Michael. We no, know. you don't. No one will guess this. Take a couple of guesses, please. Come on. It's it's clearly not. <laughs> it's not narc. What did he say? Oh, what did he say? I, I said autofocus. Autofocus. Oh, I like both those movies a lot, but no. And they're both from 2002, which is odd. Weird. Uh, that is a carpy. That is odd. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> Although this film is crass. And there is sex involved. So autofocus would somewhat be apropos to this one. I'm taking it back to the year 19. We're going to the 90s. I hate we're going to the 90s, but you can't help it. Who are we kidding? 1998, our senior oh, year. Oh, here it is. finally doing it. I'm oh, glad Lord. I didn't watch this recently because I've been wanting to watch it. I almost just saw it. Yep. The I time has finally come. You, you, guys, you think you know what it is? No, I wish. That's 99. 
Oh, Ben Stiller, Catherine Keener, man, I've not seen it since it was new. Huge cast. All right, yeah, I think this is a good call. Let's see how it. I remember I liked it at the time. I thought Neil LeBeau was going to be. I thought he was going to be a lot bigger than he ended up being, especially after those that the two movies we just mentioned. Yeah, Um, didn't he do Object of My Affection too? Or not Object of My Affection? Um, What's the Shape of Things? Did he do the Shape of Things with Paul Rudd? Uh, I have to double check that, but uh, either way, I know Company of Men and I know this one and. I mean, it's a huge cast, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's interesting. Jason choice. Patrick and uh, it's oh, and uh, Amy Brenneman. So check it out. Of course. Uh, I don't know if you guys have problems finding this. Let me know. I, this could be. I didn't want it to be too deep, but I don't know. If let me know. I don't know. This could be an issue because this movie is like all white cast. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. If we're God if we're doing it. a '90s indie movie like '90s yeah. white intellectuals, Mike yeah. Govier. And by the way, in 200 cigarettes, which I mentioned a couple weeks ago, there's like how many people in that movie? Like 30. Like 30. And like one, one black guy. One black oh, guy. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. He's the taxi cab driver, too. He doesn't even get like oh a he doesn't God. get to like live life. It's so dumb. So dumb. Anyways, I, I'm really curious about this your one. I know this is I was gonna go a more popular route, but I'm I'm going a little deeper here. So let's see what happens. Your friends and neighbors. Just let me All know right. what you think. Um, interesting choice. It's yeah, no demolition, man, but it's an interesting choice. Nothing can be. I mean, who could ever live up to the great Mario Brambia? (laughs) Anyways, we're out of here. This is the end of the show. Thanks for watching. Uh, Demolition Man, hope you had a good time. This is a fun one. I think this will be one of our more popular episodes because this is a lot of people seem to know this movie and it does have a lot of quotable moments. So thanks for listening. Guys, I'm really sorry about that awkward sexual encounter. I needed you a sweater to make up for it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next week. Go!